0: It's very difficult, too, when you look at it, like motivation is a huge factor for this. And, you know, um, I'm struggling a little bit with that right now.
1: If you're not passionate about something, and I tell you from personal experience, like you can hear it and you can feel it in your end project. You're forcing yourself to do something that you're not happy doing, to be creative just for the sake of doing it. Hey, this, I, I didn't choose What's to grow this.
2: What's
1: just... a Why are you playing? it?
0: fucking <laughs> broke me legs, <laughs> man. I'm
1: so oh, mad shit. at them. I oh, no. you. <laughs> I you. glorious. No, it's wasn't glorious. <laughs>
2: Good morning, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Live Gaming Gathering Podcast, where gaming is just an excuse to socialize. My name is Tom, a.k. The Soldier, your regular cringy host of this God Forsaken Podcast, and today I'm joined by my regular co-host, Ray. Hello, Ray. Hello, Tom. How goes your day? No more, um, again, what's the voice you did last time? Oh, you're joking with your speaking pen Yes.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm doing John St. John a disservice every time I do that. May, especially if he hasn't come up with it yet so fair enough i'm gonna have to put that one back in the repertoire
2: for a bit <laughs> and our brand new guest flag hey
0: so uh heard you needed more cringe so uh i, I thought i'd drop by
2: we it, it's all about cringe here yeah. I'm, I'm not even joking this is, this podcast is literally just 100% cringe this will
1: probably be one of the most
2: viewed podcast episodes that we do. And like 99% <laughs> of the comments
1: will be like, Flag Fire! And it'll be the cringiest part of the whole goddamn thing.
2: <laughs> okay, Flag how should I name you in the podcast? You're just naming you Mr. Flanders. <laughs> Mr. Flanders. Dokily Dokily. <laughs> yes, Mr. Flanders of Battlefield. <laughs> okay, for first and foremost, for people listening, watching the podcast on youtube leave a like, like dislike you know leave a comment be involved in the conversation if you're listening on spotify itunes please do leave a rating so everyone can else find the podcast on their platforms and we also have patreon you know lanky soldier sl- patreon slash lanky soldier i mean not much happening there but hey if you want to support us you're, you're more than welcome anyway okay so first and foremost the most important thing Let me find a picture on my desktop, because there's a thing that made me laugh today. It's called aerodynamics of a cow. Uh, Yeah, Uh, here we go. I'm just dropping this picture in Discord right now. So, I don't know why this picture made me laugh today. (laughs) Aerodynamics of a cow. How is the undercarriage
1: catching the less amount of the wind, is my big... Oh, wait, hold on, because if you examine the very front part of the bovine, you can see the forwardmost hairs are deflecting the wind away from the otterall and back-legal area. (laughs) At the very top of the skull, you see a very bright red, that's where a lot of wind is
2: going. Well, first and foremost, why the cow needs to fly? Why even did someone decide, yeah, we need to test the aerodynamics of a cow? (laughs) I mean, sure... I like cows, but yeah, that's the thing that made me laugh today. I don't know why. Just one of those funny things made me giggle. Science. Yeah. So, Flack, how was your day?
0: It was all right. It was all right. It's it's been a very very busy day. Lots of lots of stuff going on. Lots of uh, catching up to do. Not enough catching up getting done. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, dad stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> not uh, not as much done as I would like to get done. Like, but in uh, all is... honesty,
2: I don't know how you can guys can do it because I am not ready for a kid. I I don't feel responsible enough for a kid. <laughs> so you know,
0: somebody asked me that the other day. They were like, I, I just don't know how you do it. How how do you do, you know, full time work, Because right? I, I teach at a university. Like, how do you do that? Plus YouTube, plus be a dad, plus be a um a a husband, you know, and it's like how how do you do that successfully? And <laughs> The only thing I, I could think of is, is that line from uh, one of the Avengers movies where Mark Ruffalo turns around and he goes like, that's my secret, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret. I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't have a fucking clue.
0: It just happens, it's, man. It just happens. It's li- literally just survival. That's all it is.
2: Well, I'm guessing as soon as you like have your first child, it completely changes your life, I can imagine. Like, if, oh, absolutely. yeah, your whole life, point of view, life like completely goes upside <coughs> down, like, and gives some sort of different meaning. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about some fun stuff. Uh, so, I have to ask. You already You already saw the nose, but I have to ask. So, when you made YouTube, why Battlefield?
0: Uh, so, initially, when I made YouTube, I actually started with things like Fallout um, because it was one of those things I I started doing YouTube. Uh, I was working at a job where I wasn't really producing media. Um, so I had just come out of being a news reporter a news director, news anchor, uh, that sort of stuff. And, um, I was going into the education field. I was running an equipment lab and I have students come up to me and they'd be like, Hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? And over time, uh, the response kind of became, well, I used to know. And I thought that was you know, like a really crappy answer to give people. I was like, I feel like, you know, I, I need to, you know, do this, at least to have a hobby, you know, to stay up to date on things, you know, and to be more useful to, you know, people who are looking for help. So I was like, all right, I'll pick a, a game that I'm working on and I'll just do a video a week. And I was looking at it, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna do tutorial content. So I was playing Fallout Four. I was like, let's just do tutorials on that, you know, and uh uh, I kind of focused on that. I did some hardline videos here and there uh, just because I really liked Battlefield Hardline. And, um, you know, Battlefield kind of became the focus of everything. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I also enjoy dabbling in like historical research and it's just stuff I find really fascinating. But Battlefield 1 reveal trailer came out and uh, I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I'm watching like frame by frame and I'm like, I know exactly what this is and that is. And, you know, if you go back and and look at the uh, first trailer breakdown video I did, uh, there's a couple things that I'm like, you know, I didn't actually know what that was at the time. But, you know, 98 percent of it, I felt pretty good about it. But uh, just taking what I knew, uh, creating media with it and breaking down the trailer and saying, OK, you know, here's everything that we saw and here's what it actually is. And like, here's what it was used for. Um, and that unexpectedly just kind of blew up and then it was like okay um i guess i do battlefield quite a bit now because the channel subscriber count uh, count went up like thirty thousand in a day uh and i was like okay i guess this is a pretty big part of what i do now so i kind of went in that direction a little bit battlefield one of course with its historical background kind of gave me a, a lot of content to do and i had fun just exploring you know that kind of stuff uh enjoyed that into Battlefield five as well and um now now I'm trying to figure out what to do. So
2: Yeah, like we we've already been making I won't say making fun of more like Ripping a new asshole for Battle for 2042. I, I really don't want to stay on that because it's becoming like a regular thing. At this podcast, we're literally just ripping a... That horse
1: has been beaten to death for so damn Dude, long we... now. We're literally beating skeletons into dust. It's not even... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It is a pile of dust on the ground that once was a horse. <laughs> in, that has in, long in since a been beaten horse to shape. death. Yeah. Uh,
0: is is there like the a little didn't crime didn't hit the outline? While we
1: were beating the horse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is there a little chalk outline of where the horse was? You
2: know, like... possibly. <laughs> I like. I really hate making fun of Battlefield, but my god, it's just like uh, I'm not gonna go on that. I'm not gonna go on that. Yeah, I'm not gonna go on it's that. A dark road. If you go okay, down that, I, way. I have to ask because you mentioned uh, why Harlan? Because I'm personally, I'm not gonna pitch up Harlan. I like, I don't think it's a bad game, but Battlefield Harlan is one of those games that I just was never into for. For various reasons, and I just stayed on Battlefield Four. Well, you
0: know, Hardline for me, you know, I I liked it because it was, it was a little bit more infantry focused. Like I'm not going to lie, I'm much more of an infantry player. You know, if if we look at any Battlefield game, it's always just kind of been that way with yeah, me. Majority but you know. Are like that. I, I understand that that's who I am. And I understand that there's appeal for Battlefield for a lot of people who like playing, you know, vehicles and whatever. And you know, if we ever do feedback sessions, I'm like, hey, the vehicle players, they're going to want this. Personally, I don't, but <laughs> the expectation is there. Uh, with Hardline, it was much more infantry oriented, you know? Um, so I appreciated that I could have that kind of, uh, you know, combat mechanic where it was like, okay, it was just really about gunplay and it was about you know uh positioning and you know outmaneuvering your opponent and you know trying to uh to do that and it was just so pure because you didn't have to worry about you know just getting murked by five helicopters like you do right now <laughs> yeah uh, good point 2042 but hardline also had like elements of verticality in it that i liked um you know that was when we had uh, the grapple gun and you could you know, go up the side of a building and, you know, find a flank or you could just basically make one, you know, uh, there were a lot of gadgets in there. I really liked, uh, that the weapons kind of seem much more distinct than they do, uh, in a lot of other battlefield games. Like if you look at the battle rifles and Hardline, um, like you really had to learn how those worked if you wanted to use them uh, effectively, at least on console, of course. Um, but you know, I loved it. I loved it that it was a bit quicker as well. Cause you get into like the vehicles and you've got, you know, really fast cars that you can kind of drive around. I did appreciate that aspect, uh, that aspect of the game, but um, you know, and it was just fun and it didn't really take itself too seriously, you know, especially given the content, um, you know, it being a, a cops versus robbers kind of thing. It could have been certainly incredibly dark and, you know, it was just a very, kind of fun presentation i I don't think it would get made today yeah Yeah. um and certainly we will never see a sequel for it but uh (laughs) you know i i enjoyed it at at least for the fact that it was different it offered something unique you know as opposed to like battlefield 4 where um you know things were kind of darker a bit more grindy uh i want to say hardline was kind of just like uh you know like do whatever you want to do you know, you
1: want to uh, unlock this gun, get the cash in order to do it, get it and be done with it. Well, yeah, that I,
0: I, that, and like if you want to, you know, do some really ridiculous thing, um, it, it always seemed more appropriate in Hardline, you know, like dropping a chandelier on somebody like that was just fun. Oh, yeah. I forgot
2: about oh, that. Yeah, goofy, <laughs> goofy stuff like yeah.
1: that. Yeah, that I I respect the snot out of that. My <laughs> my only thing and I think this really at the end of the day this is the only problem I ever had with Hardline. Really, I don't feel it should have had the Battlefield name tied to it. That game could have easily became its own its own thing, its own franchise, and I, I always personally say it to this day, I think the reason why that game never really went anywhere is because they insisted on tying the Battlefield name to it. They should have let that thing come out as its whole own thing, and I think it would have done significantly better because its main problem was the fact that at the time it was constantly compared to, to yeah. regular Battlefield and that was everybody's big turn off and I think that was the biggest mistake that was ever made with Hardline was the fact that again just putting the Battlefield Hardline name on it should never have done they could have just called it Hardline and been good yeah
0: and I I kind of agree with that um, certainly it probably would have appealed to some other people you know outside of the, the core group a, a little bit more maybe uh, if they had done that um, but you know in the end, you know, I played it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else there with it. You know, it got, like good Easter eggs in there as well. You know, you had Chompy, the the no, crocodile. Yeah, yeah, crocodile. Uh,
2: okay, I have to admit the so when the crocodile eats the eggs, like <laughs> they're quite funny.
1: That game had a goofy side to it, and I, 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 I like that little charm about it. Yeah,
2: and you know what, I the,
1: can't crap the campaign,
0: campaign for it was kind of underrated. Like, as, as you got to the end of the campaign, it, it actually did some really fun stuff, um, and I kind of liked the episodic thing, how they did it. It was very much like a TV show, but um, kind of just a weird little flash in the pan that uh, if you were there and, and you played it and you liked it, it's one of those games over the years that you've really come to love. Uh, and then just so many people, like you said, just kind of didn't play it because you know, like i like, oh, that's not Battlefield. There are no airplanes, you know. And for me, I'm like,
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds perfect, you know. Ah, uh, the perfect Battlefield. I don't know. For for me personally, I never like Harlan. Like Ray said, mostly because the, the, maybe the name I, I got attached to it. If it wasn't, if it was some different franchise, I would probably be more interested in it. But that's personally me. I know Danny yeah. loves Harlan like two bits, and um. I mean, again, if people like it, that's fine. If it wasn't, it wasn't just for, it wasn't for me. That's kind of it. Because um, you didn't have a tank in
1: order to camp in the entire match. Just, just come out and say it. <laughs> funny enough, just say funny it. know
2: there was a tank in Singapore. That you can, <laughs> if there was.
0: Yeah, was that the the uh, OV? Uh, what is it? OV10 Bronco.
2: I think so. And
0: okay. uh, the the AC 130 those those were all. Oh, yeah, the, I forgot about that. <laughs> in the single player.
2: I uh, completely forgot about that. It's been a while. Okay, uh, important question that needs to be asked because we ask everyone here at the podcast how you feel about Fortnite.
0: How do I feel about Fortnite? Um, you know, I don't really have any strong feelings about Fortnite one way or the other. Um, partially because I just don't care about like battle royale games. I just don't care. Like I've tried and I, (laughs) and I just don't care. Um, I look at, I'm like, I don't understand, you know, like why people are so obsessed with them because literally what it amounts to is like you spend 20 minutes. Um, you run for 18 of those minutes. Uh, and then you get shot in the back by somebody hiding in a bush and then you do it all over again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that to me is every Battle Royale game, you know, and it's partially just, I don't really have patience for that. Um, like I don't have time for it. Like I understand why people like them, you know, but it's one of those that just isn't for me, you know? Um, I did play a bit of Fortnite, you know, not the actual uh, Battle uh, Royale Save, save the stuff. world, yeah. And, yeah. And like that I thought was fun. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I liked the ability to build things, you know, it's something that I think... uh has a place in other games, even, you know, Battlefield. I, I think fortifications were one of the best things that Battlefield Five did. Uh, and I kind of miss them. Um, you know, uh, because you kind of take ownership of the space and you can kind of create things and decide stuff. And like, I see that in Fortnite and I think it's really cool. Uh, but just Battle Royale for me, I'm like, eh, you know, and, and now I saw that Fortnite has a mode where there's like a no build mode. And I'm like, you took stuff away and you want people to be more excited about it you know and it does offer not a just different stuff kind of they key hitch yeah it it's it, it it is what it is it's it's not for me
2: fair enough now regarding no build mode uh the reason why i'm asking everyone how they feel about fortnite is because i'm curious what people think about that uh, well i'm a regular fortnite player and yeah i get building is not for everyone and you know every, people get you know get frustrated when someone you know you shoot someone and they build a five-star hotel in just like a f- couple of seconds again mm-hmm. um no no build mode is fun uh but it, it does show the cracks in the game because clearly the game wasn't designed for no building mechanics because mm-hmm. the way the map is designed because people the way it was designed we expect people to build and then you remove the building part suddenly the map doesn't really work for you know yeah. that type but of thing. Get-
0: uh, Lots of open spaces and things. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. there's space for you to build things and suddenly yeah. you can't. Um and you know, I would imagine that leads to some very twenty forty two esque uh gameplay of you know running across an open field, just jumping and you know, zigzagging and trying not to die. Um, which again, I don't see how that's fun, but again, that's me.
2: No, it 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 I mean it works. It works. It's it's playable, it, it, it can be fun. Uh, some people enjoy some people don't i i mean i'm in between i don't mind building i don't mind no building you know as long as it's fun and and the uh, fortnite developers they added tanks you know and i already mentioned that in the previous episode uh, of the podcast saying well they already have creative and as soon as they're going to add those tanks to their creative mode and people start creating their modes you know like they Mm -hmm. always do right now they can literally make their own wannabe a uh, Battlefield Heroes sequel they wanted in Battlefield of For- yeah. uh, in Fortnite, so
0: yeah. And you know, one one thing I will say that uh, I have really liked with Fortnite again, like haven't personally experienced it because I don't play it, but I love the way that they do like social events and yeah, the cool. season reveals and that that kind of stuff. I'm like. I don't know why more places aren't doing that. We did actually see it a bit with uh, call of duty, right. With uh with Warzone, you saw some reveals and stuff and, you know, they've continued to do that. Uh, and it works really well. There's like this idea of, you know, like you being in that universe and like stuff happening as you're there. And it feels very, uh, natural and fluid. And, you know, uh, it really immerses you in the game and it makes you feel like a, You know, like, like you're there, you're a part of it, whatever that I think is done fantastically, you know, and I can look at Fortnite and I can say it ain't for me, but they do some cool stuff in there, you know, Uh, and I I do think that is important to look at. And, you know, again, I may not like it, but credit when credit's due.
2: It's fair. Besides, no one in the podcast here likes it except me. (laughs) Well, Andre, maybe. Yeah, so for... yeah, I'm not the big. I'm not the biggest fan of Fortnite for pretty much 99 percent of the reasons.
1: The listed because every time he's like, "Yeah, run across a field, get shot in the back by somebody hiding in the bush," and I wait. Yep, I've raged
2: over that shit. Well, um, that's why you learn how to build a five star hotel in a couple of seconds, right? I,
1: yeah, no, I want <laughs> to. I want to I be able to to focus on the shoes thing when I need to shoost, not fucking do floor planning while I'm at it.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you know, somebody's shooting into you're under fire i'm like okay uh the plant will go over here in the corner it's, <laughs> it's just like gotta, okay. hold, on,
1: hold on hold on we need a bathroom big enough for a 36 by 48 make sure it's two grids wide i, I can't do that i i want to be like when i play a shooter like it, i, I want to <laughs> be able to focus on what the hell it is i'm doing not like oh quick which do i gotta fumble to to get the right wall piece to throw up real quick
2: oh shit the wall is wrong color
1: Oh, tear it down and rebuild it. I I did it wrong.
0: I I said mid century modern, not brutalist.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And is that made of wood? Well, there's three materials there's wood, brick, and metal.
1: (laughs) I know that was part of the joke there. You
2: gotta. uh. Anyway, so wait. So, okay, how do you find balance between being a teacher and basically doing YouTube? And how do your students react? To your videos, if they actually know about it.
0: Um. So again, the balance isn't super great.
2: Uh- <laughs> yeah, it's never great. like so- <laughs> to,
0: to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's it's not great uh, in that regard. A uh, lot of late nights, you know, a lot of coffee in the morning. Um, on the plus side, I very much enjoy what I do, both uh, teaching and and doing YouTube stuff, creating videos, etc. Um, and regarding students, when they find stuff out, you know, they're very interested in about, uh, about it, you know, so it's, it's something I, I do a lot of production classes. Um, I do a lot of, uh, the, uh, broadcast announcing style classes and, you know, students find that I do this kind of stuff and they're like, can we talk about it? You know, like I, I want to know all of this stuff. And it's very interesting because we've got you know, technically a a program that's about like radio and television and all the students coming in, all of them want to do YouTube or they want to do content creation or they want to do, you know, influencer type of stuff. And, um, the education system just hasn't like evolved to meet it yet. You know, it's still very focused on like, ah, we're doing old radio and television.
1: Yeah. Traditional production. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, y'all are 15 years behind, you know, you need to get on board with this. And unfortunately it's very difficult to find, um, teachers who have hands-on, uh, very practical experience, you know, creating content, uh, in, uh, the internet uh, environment. You know, we have a lot of people who are like, Oh, you know, you are a news director, a news reporter, um, you know, a a, <laughs> a print journalist, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, And the students don't care about that. They're like, I want to know, you know, how do you do this, how to do that? So uh, we have some really good discussions on stuff. And I take a lot of the curriculum that is based on, you know, television and radio and, and that sort of thing. And I relate it to, you know, things that they want to do, you know, and I talk about, okay, you know, let's look at best practices for creating content for, you know, YouTube. Uh, You look at it, if I look at my uh, stats on videos. I can see about 80% of people who watch my videos do so on a mobile device. Um, so most of the time that's a phone, right? So I look at it I'm like when I'm creating this, I'm going through the creation process. Uh, I need to think about how somebody's going to view this on their phone. Uh, are my, you know, on-screen text, text prompts, uh, large enough, you know, for somebody who's reading it on a small thing, uh, If they're on a phone. I need to be mixing the audio for headphones because chances are they're going to be, you know, listening with headphones. Um, so, you know, we, we talk about those kinds of things. A lot of them just, you know, want to know tips and stuff. And again, I, I looked at our docket for discussion today and there's of course a, a bunch of stuff that we can talk about there, but, uh, most of them excited about it. They're like, Oh, you know, and I'll, I'll bring in my, uh, YouTube plaque. Uh, and they're just like, Whoa, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool never seen one of those like in person before, you know, so they can look at it. There's also something about the fact that you can see somebody, um, quite honestly, who's, you know, very nerdy, uh, like myself and you can see that, Hey, they can be a success on YouTube or, you know, they, they can create this audience and they can do it, you know, from scratch, you know, even with all of the, the, um, platform, you know, uh, just just so much saturation on there uh, that, you know, if you put your nose to the grindstone, you can still do it. You know, I'm also very quick to point out that, you know, uh, like my story isn't technically, you know, very typical. um, And it certainly didn't happen overnight. And you do have to grind for things. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, the grind will weed out the weak ones, you know, so uh, trying to, Tell them everything I, I wish I knew before I started doing it.
2: Yeah, uh, it's one of those things that making content on YouTube or anywhere in this matter, like whatever TikTok in these days, right? Uh, it's one of those just being a creator in general. Yeah, being a creative in general. I'm just gonna go
1: that length and just say it. Just being a creative and just doing things professionally, creative in general. It's
2: not even professional. Just being an amateur, like like us, like you know, Uh yeah, We're we're not like I mean, we try to be professional as much as possible. But at the end of the day, we're still amateurs and. It's it's yeah. It, yeah. We try to be professional as much as possible regarding whatever we're making. It's well, the number one advice that people like. I remember people came to me like asking, "Oh, how would you start YouTube?" And I'm like that, that, that. I'm like, okay, one, why are you asking me? It's not like I'm the biggest uh, top shit in the in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And two, like yeah, just start creating. My my best advice is to start creating. You're like, oh, what about camera? Like, you don't need that. Just you have a phone, right? If you have a phone, you can start creating something with your phone. You know, you can. People really worried about like making the perfect video, the first perfect videos or something. No, don't do Mm -hmm. that. You're gonna have shitty videos. Your first videos will be shitty. Get them out of the way. Make them now. You know, improve from there because you just have to start doing it. That's yeah, you know, And and
0: that's that. That's a really underrated part of the whole thing. You know, it's it's like you have to find your niche, and that's one thing that I tell them. You know, you can't go out there and be like, I do Fortnite videos. You know, I'm like, that's incredibly wide. You know, how are you going to narrow it down? Who are you in this big sea of people? You know, and for a lot of people, uh, it's something that they got to go through the creative process. You know, they have to try out different things. They have to experiment with like, you know, I'm going to try and do this video, you know, that video, whatever. And, you know, just take risks and find out what you're good at. Uh, what other people think you're good at cuz the two things might not line <laughs> might not line up you know yeah it, it uh, does
2: yeah it, it might not even like it in the first place you know after doing it for a couple of you know weeks or, or a month or something like yeah. that you might not even like it
0: yeah and it's it's something 100% that you know you're talking about just go make videos like that's a big part of it um and you have to be able to do that week after week after week after week after week you know and for me um you know, I did this kind of stuff every day, working as a, a news director and a news reporter, just, you know, grinding out stuff, going to you know write stories about everything under the sun. Um, and it's just part of your day to day. And if you ask me, I would tell you it takes a special kind of person to do that. Um, because. Like you have to be somebody who at your core can just be in, like interested in anything at the drop of a hat. Like you, you just have to look at like, all right, you're telling me the story and nothing else exists except for this. Um, you just have to be that kind of person that is from on, from one thing to the next thing and you just run headlong into it and your energy kind of has to be inexhaustible. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, I think ADHD for that, um, which, you know, rears an ugly head on occasion, but it's actually been, I would say a, uh, a benefit in many different ways for kind of the, the YouTube game.
2: Yeah, it's just one of those things that you can't fight. Like the like you said, grinding. It's Yeah, being a creative is grind. I hate to say it, but it is. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of those... Like, for example, I was making a video about Black Ops Cold War, but just because I had footage on, on my hard drive, and I, like... Well, I could delete it, but at the same time, I kind of want to talk about it. And I... It took me weeks just you know mentally to get to that state i'm like okay let me write the script i wrote the script okay let me record the audio now because it's one of those yeah. things that you have to fight through it like i, yeah. I was postponing and postponing postponing <clears throat> until i'm like okay now enough i have to do this because you know why not content on, on the channel yeah uh, it, it, and th- yeah it's just one of those things yeah it's
0: it's very difficult, too, when you look at it, like motivation is a huge factor for yeah. us. And, you know, um, I'm struggling a little bit with that right now because you know, Battlefield 2042, not doing well, not a lot of traffic on it. I'm also somebody who really likes to do positive videos. Um, you probably wouldn't guess that from the, the <laughs> last few that have come out. Um, but, you know, I would much rather do positive videos about things and you know if i can't find something positive to talk about you've got a problem yeah Um, and it's also a motivation thing because it's like if i don't have anything you know that i'm really passionate about you know 20 2042 just isn't doing it um it's really difficult to make content if you're not genuinely interested in stuff you know it's one of the reasons i haven't tried to do anything with uh you know, battle royales like Warzone or anything like that. I'm just looking at, I'm like, I physically die inside at the thought of having to play battle royale and make content (laughs) about it, you know? Um, so I'm not, not really, uh, interested in that. And unfortunately, you know, it content creation has slowed down a little bit because I'm like, you know, just grasping at straws. I'm like, give me something that I can talk about here, you know? And I think now uh, with content, I'm kind of, dipping into some history and lore of things so i've actually been doing some research into uh, the origins of hardline burger uh and oh, the to famous hardline burger yes i'm doing like <laughs> I tr- i'm trying to put together an entire documentary on hardline burger and we'll, we'll see how that goes but
2: i'm actually curious uh, now yeah uh, yes yeah, like i'm kind of like uh, I'm not. I'm not like. I, I can barely get in 100 views on per, per video, regardless whatever video I'm making. Uh, but I just unless it's a trailer. Yeah. Okay. All my sub. Which trailer? It's gonna all blow my up. Th- it always yeah, does. All my 10,000 subs I have on YouTube literally <coughs> came from the trailers. And remember, like Ray, I, I, I posted like uh, asking people to give me feedback regarding the channel just like a couple of days ago. Right. More trailers. Yeah, there was a couple of like replies in the survey saying, "Hey, when are you gonna make any more trailers?" I'm like, "Oh, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. I mean, I, 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 I
1: respect this not out, out of out of the opinions on it all because, like, I, I, I have run into the same problem when it comes to like auditions and stuff. If I, I can't strike an interest in the project whatsoever. I mean, even though I've had a lot of actors look at me and go, well, "You should just be auditioning for everything," and then I've had like a lot of successful actors tell me no because if you're not if you're not passionate about something and i tell you from personal experience like you can hear it and you can feel it in your end project if you're forcing yourself to do something that you're not happy doing to mm-hmm. be creative just for the sake of doing it it's it shines through i'm not going to lie like i have listened to audio where on projects where i've just been like I just need to bang this out real quick just to, you know, at least hopefully book something. I got to book something. I got to book something. I need to book something. I haven't booked something in, you know, like weeks, months. I've got to book something. And then I listen to it and I go, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, probably why I didn't book that. And possibly why I'm not booking anything right now because that energy carries over as well until I find those things where I'm just like, yes, i got to get into this one. i got to have it. And then when I do it. You know, I get too involved in it, and it breaks my damn heart when I don't get it, and then I kind of hurt my own morale. So, like, I can wholly understand how that mindset falls into doing YouTube stuff, mm-hmm. because, like, it—I I get it. I wholly get it, like, like from the bottom of my heart.
0: You know, yeah, and it—it it is something like even during recording for stuff. If I'm recording a, a script, you know, all my videos, I, I script them uh, ahead of time. It's easier for me to. You know, read them and keep track of my thoughts yeah, and organize yeah. things and you know that kind of stuff but oh yeah uh if i'm really not in the mood for something i would try and go and record it you know i'll be <laughs> i'll be listening to it playing it back and it's like wow sounds like i don't give a
2: shit <laughs> you <laughs> know yeah i ha- i had i had moments like that where i literally started writing the script i really not feeling it and then like okay leave it be for the next day right then I yeah. re- the next day i come in and like and log in like see okay what did i write okay can i record this and i'm reading it oh, I sound so salty. Ooh, yeah. so salty. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll, Ooh, all the you things, like, that.
0: go for a walk, you know, I'll be like, oh, I'll come back in, like, an hour and look at this, you know, or I'll, I'll try it again in a little bit. Let me get another cup of coffee and, you know, try to try to compose myself, and then we'll see how this goes, but... Yeah, for, yeah. Exa-
2: for example, I'm, like, I'm making... I'm writing a script about Palfe 4 right now because... Uh, I, I I want to do like a two-part about 4 and NCT, and uh, Ray is gonna do the voiceover for me because I I just literally have no time to like record. So I'm like, Ray, can you please do this voiceover for me? I promised him the script about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't gotten that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I promised him a script a week ago. Just be- I'm like anxious to get this damn thing rolling and he's like, oh, I'll give it to you in
1: another week. I'll give it to you in another week. No, it's it's like- because
2: I wrote it, right? And then like, okay, I'm not happy, but, but so like rewrite it again just to make it, you know, because it's 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 supposed to be a positive, good video. It's not supposed to be like a bloody salty start talking about Battlefield 2042. <laughs> I, I try my best to avoid all these references to the why it's happening around the world just because I want to focus on this one thing and it's Balfi 4. You know, that that's the video, that's the thing. And C T it's all about community. You know, that kind of stuff.
1: I'll make sure I wear the smile whenever I read it. I, because I, I, you can hear the difference. It's <laughs> true.
2: Yeah, it's just one of those things that you just wanna f- like you know, do it right. You know, regardless of what why were you doing it? But that's goes with everything. Yeah, you but you can't push yourself and you no, can't no, pressure no, you yourself, can't, like yeah.
1: I said. Because if you do it it's it's you're you're it's not it's not gonna click. It it never does. It, mm-hmm. I don't I don't care who you are, like there's Even in the big leagues, you can see and you can hear in performances and, like, stage concerts because there's been some plenty of recordings of concerts where at that given night, they just don't give a damn, and you can tell. So, like, it you're, you're so kind of like channels in a weird way whenever you do creative stuff and it just flows and everything's beautiful the way that it's supposed to be. And that's, that's what's so awesome about it. And I think like, like, that's what the three of us love so much about doing stuff like this. Like me working with my voice flag, you know, doing your history videos and things that make you interested and, 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 and like, you know, your hardline videos and stuff. Because ironically, I do remember like catching a couple of your hardline videos back in the day. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I didn't know that, but that's fucking cool. And Tom, you know his visual direction and everything about it. When all those, those, you know, those elements click and everything works beautiful, like it's, it's fucking beautiful for us. I, I would never give that up, and I would never tell somebody to try to force themselves
2: to make that happen either. No. Um, Flak, I, I have to ask though because we have a friend who is also a historical nut job. He's right. Re- <laughs> okay, not nah, not job, but but he's a not in, in without the horse. It's a
0: requirement, like yeah, you yeah, go together, you know.
2: So what's with? Uh, I have to ask how the fascination with historical stuff came about. Was he always like you were interested in that as a child, or it just came yeah came up yeah. as you were growing up? Uh, it it was always something interested as a as a child. I
0: have a very good memory for a lot of that stuff and very much pictorial things. Um, so, uh, you know, I've always been fascinated primarily with, uh, equipment and technology, uh, from historical time periods. And, you know, that kind of led to a lot of different things, you know, where you look at stuff and where most kids were reading, you know, like Harry Potter or something like that. I was like, I just got back from the bookstore and I got the complete encyclopedia of aircraft (laughs) and I'm going to read this front to back. You know,
1: and it's just like Hand Tool Rescue. I think is a cha- If you don't watch it already, I, that that's a channel right up your alley.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Um. And I don't know. Like my brain is just always fascinated by like that kind of of stuff. And it's very interesting to see, you know, the evolution of those things, and you know how they came to be, and uh, you know how they uh, mimic tactics. And then you get into the political side of you know how all of this came about. You know, and that to me has always been very, very fascinating. I, I think at a deeper level, you know, part of me wants to understand it so that uh <laughs> you know, we can kind of prevent it from happening again. Um, you know, I think being informed uh, of current events is important, but a lot of historical stuff informs current events. Um and I think you're you're better prepared, better armed uh with information in that regard, uh to handle you know things that are happening today because there's precedent for things uh in the past but no it's it's always been something uh since I was a kid um I just always liked those kinds of books you know um I would watch tons of of documentaries about historical things you know a, a neat little fact about me I guess uh was that I was homeschooled from uh second yeah, through okay. no uh fourth grade through high school uh so all the way through high school and then I went to uh, went to college but Uh, I would spend a lot of my free time once I got my work for the day, my school work for the day done was just sitting on a couch, watching history channel, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing that or reading a book. Um, And, you know, I, I joke around like I even like summer camps and things that I did were like kind of abnormal, you know, because I I think about most kids when they go to summer camp, it's like, you know, Boy Scouts or, you know, like camping summer camp or whatever. And when I was like, 12, i went to civil war summer camp um <laughs> i'm like i feel like that's not something most people did but it, it gives you a little bit of an insight into that um i think also my my dad being former military uh helped he was uh, also somebody who worked as an aeronautical engineer uh in the defense sector so um <clears throat> we'd always be going to different shows and like air shows and other you know kinds of things like that. And just generally being exposed to that a lot, you know, I think really cultivated my interest uh, in those sorts of things. And, you know, it remains to this day, I just love obscure information and, you know, uh, a lot of contextual kind of stuff. I, I really love to see uh, also like the human story in all of this. And I think that ties into my uh, eventual, uh, career as a as a news person, I did a lot of feature stories and you know the the human experience and that kind of stuff, and I just really gravitate towards that.
2: Yeah, it's uh, for me personally. Like, I was never like a, a big history fan. Like, I never really about care about history. But as soon as I go to a museum and I can see that with my own eyes, you know that piece of history, I'm like, okay, this is cool. Completely changes my view entirely. I remember mm-hmm. I went to a British uh, Museum like of war, and it's just going around like you know all these weapons, all these political mm-hmm. posters and vehicles and planes. I'm like, okay, this is completely different than like reading in a book or you know watching a TV show or like you know Discovery Channel or History Channel. And I'm like, this this is why like this is why I understand why people are interested in history. Just because when you see that with your own eyes, like that mm-hmm. gives a completely different perspective.
0: Yeah. And I, I think a lot of the fascination for me too is, you know, distinguishing where fact meets fiction. Because uh, we look at popular culture and like portrayal of things and whatever. Um, and, you know, we can even look specifically at Battlefield One. Uh, I was very fortunate uh, on the way back from, I don't remember if it was like Gamescom or I was, you know, visiting Die Stockholm for something or another. But uh, I have family in Switzerland and uh, I. So I said, to, yeah, I was like, Hey, can I get like a stopover in Zurich on the way back? And they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, <laughs> you stay there. We're, we're not going to pay for your hotel or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 no. I just want to know if I can you know, stay there for a few days. So my grandpa and I, uh, took a trip to Verdun. So we drove, we did a little road trip. We went to Verdun, uh, and I got to tour Fort Vaux. And so seeing the actual fort, and comparing it to what it looks like in battlefield one and just seeing you know uh the creative license used there for that to make it part of a of a game and to make it work in the context of it being a game but still seeing it be you know as truthful as possible to the experience that real people had you know it's very interesting to see um and you know to this day i I will say I, i think I struck an, an incredible balance between history and, uh, you know, the mechanisms of, of a
2: video game. Yeah, just um, just the idea of having fun in a video game, I guess.
1: By any chance, Flack, have you ever had the privilege to go visit Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia yet?
0: No. no. You
1: definitely should make it a point in your life in order to go. You will love it.
0: Uh Why?
1: It is literally still the original Williamsburg town where there are still plenty of the original ships and galleons that are being kept there. There okay. is an active firing range going on where I do believe a semi-tankered uh Scotsman is firing off um muzzle loaders, muskets, um flintlocks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and he is very very adept with those firearms as well. Um I've never seen a man actually like dead on with one of those things at a hundred yards, and then it's, it's take a swill and love it. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's, that's one thing I definitely remember. But definitely, if you ever, ever, ever get a chance to go, don't ever pass it up. Go yeah. take a trip to Williamsburg, Virginia. You will love it.
0: Yeah, and there's uh, a lot of uh, Civil War stuff around that area there as well. So
1: Gettysburg isn't too far away. Yeah, I've been there. I've I've had the privilege of going there too, and that is a very hallowing place. In order to go, um, yeah. I actually have ancestors buried there. Yes, I I, I definitely make it like Northeast in general. There's still a lot of colonial stuff that's up that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of it's kind of come down, but like Colonial Williamsburg, I know they definitely haven't touched that. That is something that definitely I I vote anybody who is a history buff. Go take a trip there and just like spend the week and love it.
2: All right. I'll put that on the list. I've only been to America. Take the
1: kids too. Take the whole family. It'll be
2: completely beautiful.
1: Not too far away from Brilliant Williamsburg, Virginia, here, where we also host uh, the
2: Bush Gardens. It's up that way and a couple of other things. But yeah, it's, it makes
1: a good family vacation.
2: Wait, watch Bush, Bush Gardens against? I keep hearing, but I keep forgetting. Where is it? Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Uh... Where
1: it too is colonial themes. Ah, gotcha. Okay.
2: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha.
1: Whereas down here in Tampa, it is tropical paradise. Up there, it is colonial.
2: I had not admit, I'm so you know weirded out by american culture and everything history and everything it's just i like i don't know fam i i've been you know i I met you in la i, I went to la for the battlefield one event i like i don't understand americans <laughs> like it to me it was a culture shock to me personally like going if, to america if it makes you feel
0: better we don't understand a lot of each other either so yeah
1: yeah
2: fair enough is it it's just like such a weird culture to me like it's cool but at the same time what the fuck people you know, and I'm also, like, granted, it was 2016, but I was surprised you guys don't have the uh, debit card, like, chip-in thingy, that way just, like, you just have to tap it and you pay Yeah, the cashier. We have that now. Oh, you yeah. have that now, okay. <laughs> yeah, we got it now. Okay, you got it now. We've
1: had that for five year for about... Uh, Two or three years now. I almost said okay, five fi- years in error.
2: Okay, finally You come up with the world. Uh, no, like, I was so weirded out back then. Like, the, 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 the cashier takes the card behind the counter. I'm like, bitch, why are you taking my
1: card? <laughs> why are you taking my g- I remember that, too. Like, why is she taking my card? She took my card. Dude, just chill. She's got to run it. Wait, what?
2: <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, American culture is just something else. Uh, but that one event was fine. Wait, like, I don't know if, like, did we... I, I don't think we... No, wait. We were together, but we never talked. You went to that Di- that the Los Angeles Battlefield One event, right? The... Yes, one, yeah. one
0: of them, very first EA play. The first uh, event that I ever did with, uh, Dice and EA, it was the preview event for, um, uh, they shall not pass. That was the first one that I ever did.
2: Ah, okay, okay. Because we forced <laughs> ourselves in into the. EA play (laughs) one game changes event just because we were okay we were hold up okay okay we
1: we gotta clarify that we didn't really force ourselves in so much (laughs) as as our friend who worked at dice was like these guys are going in and checking the game out and i don't give a damn who you are and jeff braddock had to go okay (laughs) that's that's what that was
2: that's all it pretty much
1: was yeah and I got to sit next to Westy, and you know, almost stab Absro with a fucking syringe in the very first time, like we anybody, any of us had ever played Battlefield One. So it was, it was a, it was a very, very fun, a very fun thing to do. Uh,
2: yeah, it was a fun event. It, it kind of, it was kind of surreal for me just to be there in just in the first place because I remember, uh, because it was just a game changes event, right? We were not part of it, but. Like, they, they go, like EA provided, like, food and everything, you know, oh, here you go, you have some sandwiches. <laughs> I remember, me, Ray, and the friend of ours who was working at us, we just went to, like, home or either a restaurant. Oh, we went to a restaurant nearby, like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get some good food, and that EA provide like, sandwiches or something like that, which yeah. is fine. I have no idea if those yeah. sandwiches were even good
0: yeah i i miss those days you know it and, and it's very interesting you know a, a lot of people talk about that and you know the idea of these preview events and and feedback sessions and whatever and <clears throat> i like i'm not sure where <laughs> where they get some of the ideas of like what it is that we do like we just sit around and talk about hey you should do this because it'll make my job easier as a content creator and you know like this kind of stuff and none of that happens yeah it's literally <laughs> just taking stock of what our communities are saying and it's like hey they want this can you do that you know and uh you know the preview events like that um where you just get to play stuff and record stuff early and whatever like that was always very fun um but it was always just it, it was nice to see like other creators and just kind of talk shop about things like hey how do you handle this you know what what did you do for that and one thing that i've always kind of admired about the battlefield community um in that regard um and certainly the ones that uh ea would invite to events you know like yeah <laughs> ea was kind of like very pragmatic about stuff like Like if you start shit, like you don't get to come back, you know, And I I say that like, like you can talk negatively about the game and like things that you played and whatever. But if you start causing drama with other people, like they're just like, nah, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so it's, it was just a really great constructive group of people. And you could talk about things and give each other tips. And it, it was very much from the point of view of just like, Hey, if you succeed, we all succeed you know, because it's like, everybody there understands the YouTube algorithm. They're like, if somebody watches your video, YouTube's going to recommend my video, you know? And there was this whole, you know, really positive energy and, you know, forward looking direction and everything with that. Uh, And just really good people, you know, like everybody has an idea that, uh, you know, Westy is, you know, very uh, kind of a, uh, opinionated, or you know, snobby, or whatever, and it's it's just because he's British, you know. But um, <laughs> you know, he's he's, he's a very <laughs> nice person, you know, in real life. Nearly everybody that I'm talking, very nice people. Um, and it was always just pleasantly surprised. Like Jack Frags, for example. Jack, you know, I really miss talking to him because he was always, uh, you know, so nice and so earnest about everything. You know, when, and he kind of came from a different period in uh, YouTube history. Um, but it's like, you know, you, you ever talk to the guy when he's in a feedback session or something like that? And it's, and it's obvious like he's still a fan, you know, and he's always been one. Um, and everybody there, you know, is a fan first and a content creator second, you know. And it's just it's really encouraging to see. And I miss that so much. Like of all the things, you know, uh, COVID has kind of taken away uh, like the the traveling and, and meetups, like I really miss that. Um, because it, it was just something, man, you go to that and you just come out of it refreshed, and you're like, I'm ready, you know, we talked about motivation a few minutes ago, like I'm ready to make some content on stuff. like I'm here for it. I'm in a good mood, you know, um, let's make some honest content
2: because mm. uh, I'm I never really talked to Jack Jackfrags uh, directly. I talked to Vesti multiple times, you know, we always should talk in either, you know, either in our DMs or in person, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never had a chance to talk to Jack Jackfrags, but uh, what I remember once, when I was a moderator at CTE and I was going through the forums, you know, just checking, you know, who's posting, is anyone causing any problems whatsoever. So when I was a moderator and I could like see, like, someone posted an unlisted video of, of a bug. It was for Battlefield Final Stand, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like some some sort of bug and i see who posted it was Jackfrags. he made <laughs> he made a short video like a small post you know i don't think it was his account or something like, i don't know it was like i had no idea it was Jackfrags until i clicked on the video because i see it's a youtube video and it's unlisted and it's from Jack jackfrax mm-hmm. i'm like oh it's just it's just a video of him showing a bug i'm like ah that's cool thank you jack that- yeah you know, in the, so I send a report to developers, and I don't know if they fixed it. Or I, I don't know, but well, I just like I saw him just posting that unlisted video like in the forums. It like it wasn't like powerful forums; it was CT forums. That was like yeah. closed forums. You know, people with CT access had to those forums, and people like it wasn't the most active forum. And he just posted it there. Yeah, I found a bug here. Yeah, it's on my like it's unlisted video on his channel, and I'm like, huh, respect. Uh, also, my only. Comp- regret I had from going to LA for that event I saw a Russian Badger in person Never, never talked to him <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed like because I was enjoying Russian Badger's content so much and right now his content blew up like he, he's one of the biggest YouTubers uh, right now and like mm-hmm. he, he improved so much uh yeah it's a shit post content he put, but I damn I that's some good shit post he's making and uh, I always enjoy his content and I'm kind of regret with myself that I never you know you know shake any sand like at the event or something like that just like hey thank you for making the content and so on because I was the reason I even started YouTube is basically one because he was the reason like hmm I should start YouTube because I enjoy what he's do-. because doing because during that three times he was like doing like comment commentary videos like he was talking random shit like for like 15-16 minutes you know about something and it was really interesting to listen because he's a really char- charismatic dude so I'm like I want to do something like that too. So I made a YouTube account and you know, five years, six six years later, we're mm-hmm. here. You know, granted, I'm not doing that type the same type of content, content I did before. I yeah. grew up, I matured, I like I, I understood what works for me and what doesn't work for me, you know. I understood what kind of content I want to make. So I'm making this pod, you know, we're making this podcast, I'm making something else, you know, because this type of things I enjoy right now, because I enjoy talking to people. You know, for example, I'll bring you on the podcast talk about something that we care about, you know, just having a n- nice casual conversation and maybe people who listen to this podcast, maybe they can learn something in the process. And I like that, you know, mm-hmm.
1: hell, I spurned an acting career off the, off of all of this.
2: Yeah. We like, we've been telling him years ago to start doing voice acting. He's was like, nah, 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 I'm can not going to go do-
1: back to very early episodes. Like a lot of the early episodes, me riffing and just being, I'm sorry. I got <laughs> a little cough in the back of my throat. Um, yeah, I'd never believed anybody at any time, like him, Andre, the whole lot. Just like, oh man, you should just, you like, you, you're so good working with your voice. Just, just go, just go do voice acting. Just go do voice acting. And like, I'm like, I have no formal training. I am not an actor. <laughs> Fucking stop. And now here we are. Three years earlier, I said, fuck it, went headfirst in. I wound up, you know, meeting. A lot of peers. I've had the opportunity of almost working with a lot of people whose work I grew up watching, and there are people who are in the industry who I've learned from, who I grew up watching, who I still watch what they do to these days, and it <coughs> blows my mind in half. And I'm like, and all this, all that started because Tom was like, "You want to do a fucking podcast?" And I'm like,
2: "Yeah, sure." Yeah, it's just, it's just you know, you always need to do that. Uh, but speaking of what like what would advice you would give to you any like we already kind of mentioned that what kind of advice you give to youtube like wannabe youtubers or content creators what kind of advice you would give to them like Probably people listening to this podcast. I'm pretty sure there will be some people listening to this podcast, and they'll probably want to learn something, or maybe start a YouTube channel, or whatever that is—TikTok, whatever. I don't know what kind of are you. Or would maybe be- you're using this video in Tom's introduction as a dissertation on what not to do during. <laughs> exactly. The Here you go. See, this podcast is about teaching people, right? It's not yeah. about shitpost only. <laughs> it's not cringe only. Well, I mean, cringe, yes, but teaching. Yeah. Now,
0: like, there's there there's a lot of advice with that. Um, you know, I I think some things are, are pretty well graspable by everybody. Like, you know, find your niche, you know, find something that you're good at that you can do better than anybody else, you know, or at least compete with. Right. Um, I think that's very important. You know, YouTube is something like understand the platform because it's on 24 seven, you know, like competition is constant. You know, you have to get stuff out before anybody else you know if you really really want to go for kind of the the win there um i think other things that you know people don't talk about and they really should talk about um is mental health you know in particular you know like i i i have a pretty thick skin nowadays you know i i just learn how to handle uh, the YouTube quality level of critique, you know, and, and that's just simply, you know, hide all from future, <laughs> you know, hide all future replies from this person, you know, um, because it's, it's the internet and people say some nasty things and you have to know how to process that. You have to look at it and say, okay, is there anything valuable in this comment? Uh, and if there is, you grab onto that, you discard the rest, you know, and you have to kind of develop a system to deal with that. You know, I would say it is definitely not for everybody. You know, I I think I'd be lying if I said I'm, you know, not, um, you know, I, I think I'm lying if, if, if I said that, you know, it hasn't made me a more calloused person, uh, because I do believe that it has, you know, I'm, you know, I think a little bit less sensitive to, you know, other people, uh, their plights and things like that um, just because it's like, you're dealing with, you know, verbal abuse and whatever <laughs> on like a daily basis. Um,
2: I, I have a personal regards, personal advice regard that never take personally, never take it personally because people just, you know, people sometimes that in, yeah. not even being serious. So yeah. yeah. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. you know, it's, it's an easier said than done kind of thing. Yeah. yeah you know, so, so yeah. I, I look at it. There's certain things I'm like, Hey, you know, don't read the comments, you know, it, don't, you know, if you read the comments, pick one day out of your week, you know, and read them all on that day, you know, go through, clear everything out, you know, uh, again, look for the valuable stuff, this bad stuff, you know, discard it. Um, but it's like, at least, you know, if something gets to you and, and you can't, you know, uh, not take it personally, um, it, it only ruins one of your days. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I I think that's, uh, some very good advice there. Uh, I think there's also stuff to be said of like, you know, kind of like what you talked about earlier, like do things you're actually passionate about, you know, because again, people can tell, like if you don't care, they know, yeah. um, no matter how much you try, um, you know, people are very adept at noticing, you know, deception. And, you know, when somebody isn't being earnest or entirely honest about things, um, uh, you know, so follow that kind of stuff. You know, if, if you're passionate about something, follow, you know, the the passion. Um, you know, right now I'm not producing a lot because, you know, I'm just not really interested in so much right now. You know, Battlefield was, you know, by far my favorite franchise. I've always loved it. Um, and, you know, I've just got no real energy for stuff right now. And, you know, I'm looking for I'm trying to find it. Uh, in places, you know, maybe stepping outside of the box a little bit, um, but I mean, find your niche. You know, take your mental health seriously. You know, if if you need to take a step back from it, take a step back from it. Uh, another thing I'll say is treat social media um, with the same value, because you never know uh, what's going to happen. Like we look at YouTube as a platform; it's very unpredictable. We went through like five adpocalypses now yeah now they, <laughs> they changed the way notifications worked a few years back uh, and that really just absolutely murdered view count. um and looking at it like after that happened i was like you know if i can't depend on youtube to you know deliver notifications to people i need to find a way to amp you know the messages, like if I do something and you know I want people to watch it, whatever. So I've tried to focus a lot on social media and, in particular, Twitter, uh, which is something that you know I very much enjoy. I can you know uh, make memes and things like that, uh, and again, you know I I love doing that kind of stuff. If it's funny, you know, particular when things are kind of going bad. You know, like if you do something funny, people can laugh at it. They're like, I'm sad inside, but it's okay for a minute. You can know I what just, I mean? Like,
2: can I just say that your meme game on Twitter is pretty good? <laughs> 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 your memes are quite good.
0: I try, you know, it's, it's always funny because I'll be, you know, just like doing something around the house and then I'll drop what I'm doing and I'll run into the office. And my wife is like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, not now I have an idea. <laughs> not that. Know,
2: memes I'll... woman. Me. Yes. And,
0: and <laughs> I will, you know, go open Photoshop or I'll, you know, open, uh, a premiere or something and I'll, I'll put together whatever it was that popped into my mind. I'm like, ah, this would be pretty funny, but I got to get the comedic timing, right. And, you know, it's got to sell on the first glance and whatever. And I really, I enjoy making that short form kind of content, but I think also just, I enjoy, you know, making people laugh, um, and kind of taking their day, maybe making it a little bit better. Again, it goes, it goes back to that idea of doing positive content. So if I can take something that's really, like, ruining the game for a lot of people <laughs> and make it into something that we can laugh about, like, there's something cathartic about that. Um, there's nothing and, wrong
2: about laughing something about, like, you know, yeah. you're and, laughing at yourself at the end of the day. It's it's fine.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in the situation of the player, like, you have no agency. You've, <laughs> you've got no power to fix, yeah, what you, know, are you do? Yeah, the yeah, problem exactly. is. So sometimes all you can do is laugh at it, you know. And uh, I I try to be the one coming up with creative things like that.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Like we have a couple of friends who are developers, right? And I remember their comments. They're saying, "Oh, uh, it's annoying people bitch about like, yeah, you got like, yeah, but you have to understand why people bitch because they have no power. They can't do anything about it. The only thing they can do is bitch. What else they can do? They can't send you feedback because you can ignore the feedback, or it's not in the company's plans, whatever the plan is, you know." So that's why I'm not really, you know, I, that's why I don't re- really take, you know, Reddit posts or Twitter posts or something like that really personally or some meaningful. Because the players have nothing else to do. Like, they, what else they can do? They have no choice. You know, the only thing mm-hmm. they can do is post something on the internet. That's it. And whether it be funny or negative or positive, that's the only thing they can do. You know, so I kind of get it from their perspective. And, but I get it's kind of shitty sometimes to read as a developer. Like, oh, you read these negative contents. But, yeah, what else they can do, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just lies. That's why I say don't take it personally. You know, people criticize art, not the, the actual artist itself. Uh, anyway, so we've been talking for now. You guys want to talk about Balfour? <laughs> we could. You know, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Know. All right. Uh, I did. I did leave it in the notes.
0: Before yeah. we do that, let's let's walk over to the horse chalk outline on the ground over here.
2: I I yes yes and yes yes. Summon the necromancer. Yes, go yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually wait, I, I want to okay, so why do-
1: I need a feathered headdress
2: and a chicken? <laughs> okay, let's talk for like for ten minutes but like right, <laughs> If like I on want, I wanna ask. Okay, so your basement got flooded. What happened? Yeah. There?
0: Um so because you mentioned this prior to us going live, you know, like in in the UK, you don't have basements. which okay. you too
2: poor to afford basements. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, here, here in the U S in, in some cases, you know, in certain parts of the country, like you just can't have a basement, but where, where I live you can. the ground is soft enough. Like it's, it's fine. Um, but the thing is like you have a basement, you have water collecting around the foundation and it's got to go somewhere. So what a sump is, um, it's just a place that collects that water and then you pump it out of the, uh, sump area. And so to do that, you have an electric pump and it's triggered basically by like the same mechanism as a toilet. Like the floaty goes up and when the floaty goes up to a point, it just jets all the water out. Um, And if that fails, the water just keeps coming in. Mm. So I wound up with a couple inches of of water in my basement and, uh, you know, thankfully uh, I didn't really have a ton of damage with anything we're still waiting on some of the some of the stuff for that um, like tests and whatever and have to make sure there's no mold and yada 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 but um, uh, they go
1: down there with the damp rids
0: well no I've dehumidifiers running but they had people come in and like hook a hose and run it all the way through the house and so they sucked all the water from the inside of the house and put it outside um, which was like really crazy to see but uh, the sump pump failed. And so that's why all of that happened. And now I had to get a new one put in and, uh, <laughs> I was joking around cause it cost like, like $900 to get all of that work done. And, uh, they were like, well, we can put in this, you know, regular pump, or we can put in this fancy pump, you know? And I'm like, how much more expensive is the fancy pump? They're like, yeah, it's about $200 more. I'm like, put that one in. You know, <laughs> I don't want to deal with this again. Like I, I want water. Like I want it to jet out of my house at like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Like, you know, like I want that gone. I do not want to have to deal with this again. Um, but yeah. So, uh, thankfully most of the stuff that was in the basement, we do have a finished basement, but, um, uh, most of it was in like plastic tubs. So we didn't really lose very much at all. Okay, Um, that's cool. Unfortunately, some of my kids' toys went for a swim. uh, So (laughs) uh, I had to resolve that, and I spent quite a bit of time taking toys apart and drying them and, (laughs) you know, all that kind of fun stuff, which, of course, I did not have time to do, but I did
2: anyway. Um, Hey, you're trying to be a dad. That's all i must. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just trying to be a good parent. Uh, Yeah, when it comes to home, you know, Right kitchen renovation it's the, it's always a bitch you know yeah. even here in london we have like shitty places that have been like up like you know, shitty houses for god knows how long yeah and renovating is just such a bitch because they've been here you know standing for 100 plus years you know and it's just like oh my god oh no 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 we we, we have
1: that here too mm-hmm. that's that's not a problem that's just with you guys over there don't ah, okay. think that
2: well, <laughs> can I say histo- historical stuff? You know, the Victorian houses. I I don't know. fuck London.
1: Uh, no, I mean like like I think the oldest house I have ever been in or worked on was a house that was built in 1929, and that was my grandmother's farm. Or yeah, my grandmother's farmhouse.
2: Well, that technically is hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, can you believe that nineties is retro right now? Yeah. Shut up! That's shut up! Shut your wild. mouth. Fuck me, we're
0: old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the list of questions here, and it's, it's, it's kind of like this, but, it you know... Uh, like oh, you can pick anything that, you
2: want, yeah. You can pick anything you want to do for, for, for the closing thoughts, yeah.
0: Well, something that, like, nobody knows about you. Um, and since we're talking about, you know... Oh, well, guilty pleasure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, re- remodeling houses and stuff. Um, so I... <laughs> I had an experience where, um, uh, when I was younger, my parents almost bought a haunted house. Okay. So, go on. <laughs> and I, I did not know this at the time, but they almost bought this haunted house. And, uh, so like we went to this house and, you know, we were looking around, I was like, I think eight, eight or nine or something like that at the time. Uh, but we went to this house and we were looking around and I'm like, oh, well, this is a, you know, this is a really big house. It's old. You know, it's, it's kind of down to the, 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 bones, you know, it's, it's got all the drywall pulled out of it and whatever. And we're just kind of walking around, looking at it and, you know, my parents are like, oh, you know, blah, 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 you know, doing whatever parents do when they talk about buying houses. Um, and, um, thankfully we, we didn't end up, you know, buying that house. Um, but you know, I, I thought I'd seen kind of the last of it until like 15 Fifteen years later, uh, my girlfriend at the time got me a book of like most haunted places oh. uh, in the in, in the state in which we lived in. You know, and I'm flipping through the book, and like lo and behold, in the book I look, I'm like, it's that house.
2: Oh, it's shit. that house. You know, and I've read about <laughs> it.
0: You know, like all the things that happened in the house. I'm like, I'm glad we didn't we didn't wind up.
2: Oh that. my god. <laughs> okay, so did, <laughs> d- damn, uh, I thought I want like mm yeah you're lucky there <laughs> did anyone did anyone, <laughs> did anyone buy the house what's happening with the house now if, if you have any idea?
0: yeah, I, I don't think anybody ever bought it um, uh, okay. or like
2: if, if they did,
0: it's just kind of changed hands and you know like part of the deal with the house was like anytime anybody started to you know renovate it like weird stuff would happen. so uh you know I, I think to this day it it hasn't been fixed up. Uh, hmm. in the way that it should. Um, I'm I'm looking at some photos of it right now, and it's like, yeah, nobody lives in there right now. <laughs>
2: well, maybe. Do you, I don't know. I don't know. Do you believe in paranormal activities, though?
0: You know, uh, another interesting thing about me, uh, I did actually do paranormal investigation for a little bit. Ooh, now um, you got me curious. Yes. So, um, obviously, I was the audio person. I would do all of that uh, fun stuff there. And you know i'm i'm extremely skeptical about all of this kind of stuff so you know i've been the audio person uh the you know lead investigator would be like listen to this listen to this i'm like that's a shirt moving you know yeah. <laughs> like you, you wore a polyester shirt and that's the sound of a polyester shirt it's not saying anything you know um in general i tend to be very very skeptical about that kind of stuff so um I've never seen anything, you know, any, anything like that.
2: Um but you know, I'm still like yeah. I, w- I want interesting. to I want to believe, but yeah. I always look for like, well, there's probably an explanation for that and like so I do want to believe that's something, but you know, at the end of the day it's it's common sense, like, okay, what exact let's figure out the the obvious stuff. If we can't explain it, sure, maybe it's paranormal. but at the end of the day, I think most of the time it's usually explained, usually. Yeah. Yeah, I want to well, believe, but, you know. Yeah,
0: people people tend to see or hear things that they want to see or hear. Yeah, exactly know.
2: that. Exactly that. Um, is there anything else you want to, you know, for the last five minutes or ten minutes, you know, talk about? You know, anything that comes, something you don't want to, you know, never talked about on the channel or on Twitter? Anything that you always want to talk about?
0: I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more than happy to answer like <laughs> any random <laughs> questions that y'all can think of. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if, uh, if there's anything that I've wanted to talk about on the channel and haven't yet. Normally, see, that's the thing. Again, if I want to talk about something, it's not an issue. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just go and make
2: it. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, it's just, it's. it's I mean. It's, because I guess some people don't want to talk about certain stuff, and they just like then they go on a, some other podcast and like, hey, can we talk? I want to talk about this because I never talked about that. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Well, well. No, yeah, it, it's it's up to you because like you, you see in the list, like we have stuff that we haven't discussed yet, and because this this list you see right now, it's been mm-hmm. updated all the time for other episodes and so on. So, there's mm-hmm. some stuff, some stuff get deleted, some stuff get added. For example, the, Ray wants like Ray talked about Star Trek Fleet Commander. You know, we're gonna record that for the next episode because it's gonna be one juicy one. Uh-huh. Ray's gonna take lead of that because apparently there's so much drama happening there. I just wanna hear it. You know, Oh, <laughs> that that
1: that game is just so gloriously insane. I love it. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say for right now. It's it's chef's kiss.
2: Yeah, that's someone's drama. <laughs> I just I I was just interested in the drama. I don't play Star Trek, I don't care about Star Trek, but the way he described the drama, I'm like, okay, this is funny. <laughs> in like, terms of like popcorn. the mon
1: in terms of the monetization, the I mean the community's great too, so that just, just tops it off even better. But it's like how do I how do I cliff notes this? It's one of those games where it's just like unexpectedly awesome community pops up around crazy overpriced mobile game where packs are anywhere from, I don't know, fifty to a hundred dollars a pop in some cases. And um yeah. And I love it. And there's just all this crazy, like, soap opera drama crap that happens between alliances and shit. And I'm just like, this is a thing? Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, the the space sim people are, are uh, nuts. Yeah. They're, I love they're, them, but they're, they're, they're nuts. They're role-playing while they play the mobile game, you know what I mean? Like, And it's wonderful that people can have that kind of connection to a game. I, I, I think that it's it's really great when people can do that. Um, oh, I
1: love it. There's a whole government structure to like per each individual server that this game yeah, has, and yeah. like rules of engagement that are voted upon, and like just like a a, a preview of what what's going to come with that one. There's like actually a civil war brewing literally in among my server. It's fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> That's fun. Um, no, I'm I'm looking at the list here though, with different things, and I feel like we can have a really good discussion on live service versus premium and season pass, because. Well, we, if, yeah, we. If you've won, if, you can come for the next one. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, you're
1: welcome to pop back in for that one. Yeah. We, that's that's a horse we don't mind beating on because I I remember the days when microtransactions were shunned and now they're the generational norm and I don't like it. And now we're moving into NFTs.
0: Well, yeah. Well, you know, I, I keep reading about that, and it seems like more and more resistance is there for NFTs, which I think is good. I'm glad. But, um. Oh, I no, can talk like... about NFTs about the
2: next Call of Duty if you want to talk about. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. No. Um, no, I do want to say, though, like Battlefield 2042 is, you know, I, I think we're in for it with the season pass and not in a good way. Um, you know, just from the point of view of like, man there is some serious danger that needs to be highlighted when companies promise uh, season passes without fleshing out exactly what that's going to be uh and i think we are absolutely gonna get screwed on the season pass uh with 2042 yeah okay.
2: um, i'm just gonna mention quickly about that like because people say oh it's the live service of shit well, it's not really a live service if it was promised, you know, You know, like a season pass. You know, you pay extra for the season pass, you get your power passes. That's technically uh-huh. season pass. You know, so that's why I don't say, like, people say, bring premium back to Battlefield. It will fix all the problems. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It would just, you know, it will be still the same shit. Well, the game will be still in the same horrid state as it was. I, I actually disagree with that. Because if you look at
0: what happened with Hardline, and then, like, Hardline is the perfect example of premium that uh the company delivered on it like they they, they were legally
2: obliged to deliver yeah
0: yeah they they delivered on it but the real frustrating thing was is that nobody could play it like to this day like i have premium for hardline and i have not played most of the available (laughs) maps because you can't find games for the dlc you know and that's absolutely wild to me um And do you want... then you look at 2042 and it's like, okay, we've got such vague promises for things. And I think we are absolutely going to get like nickled and dimed from the point of view of like, we will get the absolute minimum of what is promised. And
2: I hope that I am wrong. You know, I really hope we that, all want to be wrong. Yeah, you know,
1: in a way we all do. Yeah, you know, because but... I don't...
2: we're Belfi fans. We want to yeah. the game to be good. I mean, yeah. do you know how it breaks my heart when I have a friend that says he got so excited, like, "Yeah, Battlefield's gonna be awesome," and then I have to hear from him, like, "Battlefield sucks." I'm like, "Oh, that breaks my heart," because I, re- I really want to play, like, you know, Battlefield with the, with friends and everything, you know, have squads and platoons and everything, and just play on the server, and it's like it's you know the good old days. And it's
1: yeah, the good old days. Yeah, I bring back the good old
2: days. I just want to have fun yeah. in my video games. That's all. And it breaks my heart that we have to. Like, I have to listen that Battlefield is shit. I'm like, oh, please stop. I know it's shit. Please stop.
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's like, different, though, because you'd hear it before, and you'd be like, oh, that's just your opinion. And now yeah. you hear it, and you're like, I can't defend this. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
2: yeah, I, yeah, exactly. You're just like, I have no admonition to def- defend yes. against that. I'm fucked.
0: It's yeah, just, like, taking in some copium. You're like...
2: And not even coping will help you, there. <laughs> No, but real talk, if you want to, whenever you're free, you're more than welcome to come on the podcast and talk about live service and premium parts, you know, that kind of stuff. Because we oh, can yeah. literally dedicate a whole an hour for that.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we could go down that rabbit hole for a good, good, good minute. We've done it before. We'll happily do it again. Although, right. I,
2: have, although I want to quickly mention, as a last closing thought, uh, like, for example, doing podcasts about Battlefield. In I don't know about you guys, uh, because I know you were doing a podcast uh, with Ekumis so and everyone else. The pro, I don't know if you guys had the same problem, but we had the pro when we were making uh, Battlefield One podcast back in the day. We were managed to do it for three years. We managed to do forty two episodes. Mm-hmm. The problem we dealt with was that we literally ran out of topics to talk about. There was literally nothing to talk about.
1: Even the oh, it wasn't that. It's we realized we were we were going full circle on a lot yeah, of we- things because everything that we came out like, well, let's talk about this, and it's like, uh, no, we we did that like two three years ago, and it hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah
2: all, all the topics we discussed before are still re- relevant, and I hate relevant that. Relevant to this day! I hate that. You know,
0: I think that kind of says something. Yeah, so
2: you I know. don't know if you guys had the same problem while doing the podcast, because we had that problem. We were like, we we were literally doing a full circle, we can't anymore, we just, yeah, we cannot. And at one point we were thinking like doing this every week or every two weeks. We can't even do it for a month or two because it's the I same thing. I threw the
1: joke out there about just saying the hell with it doing a clip
2: show and it would still be relevant. Yeah. Yeah, that was the problem we encountered doing podcasts about Battlefield because like this is why we switched to like like everything about gaming because it's more diverse. We can actually talk about anything we want. Mm-hmm. battlefield is just like i i we can't we just there's nothing to talk about i, I remember I, I tried to bring a developer on the podcast and all of them they said yes until ea stopped us uh we had to prepare the questions i'm like okay i'm not doing that fuck off <laughs> you know it's against our
1: format we don't do that
2: no it's it's fine with scripted format I, I don't mind preparing the questions but it's just so much work i'm like no i, I just don't want to deal with that you know because it kind of loses the charm of the ct that was back then you know talking to the community on a more open like don't spill me nda stuff but just talk about for example i had a conversation with like a friend who works in game dev and i asked him oh so how does this work why does it take for example for battlefield to make some changes oh it's like well he can't even talk about that because it's nda stuff i'm like why isn't this proper game game development stuff that should be like common knowledge everywhere apparently it's apparently it's nda so i'm like okay then
1: no internal pro internal processes and stuff like that that's that's under nda they're never they're, you, nope nope i right to me i like, could
2: have well, told you that son yeah to me personally like for example like we we know like expressed like so, so i was disappointed like why does it take so long to make just you know map changes like you know it's not like huge change but, like map changes i'm like why does it take so long like months and months of like and so like some people like saying, "Oh, I can do this on real engine." But yeah, but I want to understand why. He couldn't explain yeah. why because it's under the NDA. And I'm yeah. and I'm not yeah, and I just want to understand why. Yeah. And, and
0: it's it it is really difficult for us, you know, we don't have um, you know, the firsthand knowledge of programming and certainly not with uh Frostbite. And uh you know, I I feel like the community is you know, logical about a lot of things. And if you explain to them, you know, Hey, this is why, you know, this is going like this, you know, this is why it's, it's difficult. Um, they'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, and there would be some understanding there. Um, the problem is, is just, there's, there's not a whole lot of talking, um, when it is done, it's, it's, you know, not done very well. Sometimes it creates even more problems and, you know, it's, a uh, it's a really difficult situation. I feel so bad for some of the developers because, yeah. you know, um, if they even speak on Twitter, even if something is like not in their wheelhouse, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, Hey, I'm just the, the, the guy who does textures for, you know, the guns, uh, yeah. and somebody would be like, why doesn't this server, you know, browser thing work, or, <laughs> you know, whatever it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't do that. But you know, they just, just very rabidly, you know, bite one hand and then they're on to the next one, you know. Yeah. And it's unfortunately, you know, very difficult. But I feel like, you know, I, I do feel like Dicea have kind of dropped the ball a bit there with that. I think they've dropped it real hard when it comes to creators. Um, from the point of view of, you know, you look at Battlefield Five, you look at Battlefield 1, we could see stuff coming down the pipeline. And we could get excited about it. And we had confidence in the product where it's like, okay, we can see that, you know, oh, the Pacific is coming out. This looks really good. We got to play it. It's going to be good. You know, like they got their head screwed on, right? Everything looks good. It plays fine. Uh, we love the setting. It feels like a World War II game. You know, uh, Pacific is going to be awesome. Like it's really encouraging for us as content creators to make stuff and to talk about stuff, get excited about it and with 2042 it has been crickets um even prior to launch so and like even right now like we have no idea um so you know you're listening to this and you know maybe i sound like i'm you know quite pessimistic about things um like there's a reason for it it's not just bandwagoning like oh
2: everybody's mad at 2042 it's like eh, i this... you know, i don't there's also anything. history. We like it's. It's not like we after Joes, I have no idea what's happening. We, we mm-hmm. we've experienced, you know, all different type of Balfe <coughs> games. You know, where the Balfe Four, Harline, Balfe One, Balfe Five, whatever. You know, we know that history. And, you know, sometimes history speaks louder than you know some opinion because hey, it happened, and we know what might happen. You know, and we also know game developers not easy. So the problems developers have to deal with is probably really hard stuff. They need to deal with. But at the same time, EA and DICE, you know, it's not even EA, it's even them, it's just gaming industry in general. They have to talk to their customers, you know, uh-huh. they have to explain why certain stuff takes so long. You know, don't keep it and don't share your company secrets or whatever. Sure, of course, but they have to try to explain to average Joe this is how game developer works and this is what needs to be done, for example, like. Filming filmmaking, for example, is not a deep secret. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you write a script, you make film, and so on, and blah blah blah. Why game game development has to be all secrecy and stuff? You know, that's that's why I really don't like about the gaming industry. Everything has to be a secret. Yeah. People that, for example, worked on like on certain games, developers worked on certain games. They can't put those games on CV because they got never released. Yeah, and that bothers me so much. Yeah, that. Uh... That uh, is certainly a a
0: challenge, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I I mean, I I agree. They really need to kind of work in the audience a a little bit more on, uh, you know, um, how things are are faring, you know, like how how well stuff is going, you know, et cetera. Um, What the plan is, you know, and it's really not. Just simple education, (laughs) you know. It is. It is. Yeah, it, it's not... it really is. It's, it's not that difficult to do that kind of stuff. And the only thing I can think of is, that, oh, you know, it's a it's a legal thing or, you know, we don't want to promise something and then not deliver it. And you
2: don't have like... to promise anything. Just explain. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Just explain. So, you know, just explain what's the process in making a video game. That's kind of it, you know. No one's asking really... See, kids? We could
1: fill a whole episode with this. Yeah. I should I sh- yeah. sh-
2: leave it for the next one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, any last second thoughts anything anything that comes to your mind both of you not no I think we've
1: covered quite a lot of ground tonight can, cool
0: we can gather around the, the horse corpse and say our goodbyes ah uh, yes <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the drinks
1: she was a fine
2: horse uh, she was she was a fine horse
0: there's a question what What are you drinking what, what, what are you drinking uh,
2: first I had a Red Bull and now I'm drinking apple juice I think if you water pour, anytime and every time I get in front of a mic
0: if you pour both of those on the horse I think it comes back to life
2: Ooh, so the red Bull brings the material of the horse back and apple yes. juice gives energy or something like that yes, exactly oh that, it's, uh, it's the secret science. the secret it's yeah science. we, f- we figure out to see her how to bring the dead horse back to life <laughs> the secret formula I have it finally uh okay uh ray you want to do the outro well first and foremost i, I want to thank you flag like for coming for the podcast you know talk random stuff thanks for having well, me oh yeah
1: that too definitely thank you for
2: coming by we did we, we love you for it yeah maybe maybe listen people listening to the podcast maybe they learned something i hope they did and yeah uh you want to do the outro ray
1: Thank you for joining us throughout the entirety of this hour and a half long production. If you're listening on YouTube, check us out on Spotify. Listen for another hour and a half or any other media streaming platform currently going. (laughs) Including Apple Play. You can get up to four and a half hours of content listening to the same episode on three different platforms. It's brilliant. Oh my god, genius. (laughs) We here at the Live Gaming Gathering thank you very much. Please leave a like, comment, and possibly subscribe if you haven't already. And again, thank you very much. Have a great night.
2: Thank you guys. Bye.